the shadow of a doubt that that he was lame. He was and he was lame since he was since he came out of his mother's womb. He he was he's been like that all his life. He never ever walked, never ran, never played with the other kids. He he was lame. We all another thing we know about him is we know that that every single day. I, I'm sure not as a baby, unless it was his mama there with him. But as, as he got to the age where he could do it, where they actually came and laid him at the gate beautiful every single day. Come on, somebody. Every day. The Bible says they laid him daily at the gate of the temple. In other words, at the gate. You know, there's a fence and there's a gate right there. Right there before they were walking, he'd be out there, you know, shaking his can. And I don't know what, how he did it in those days, but he was, you know, he, he was like, can, I get some, can, I, can you get some help? My family needs help. I don't know how he looked. I don't know how he, how, he, how he was dressed. But I do know this, that in that very place where he was at, everybody knew they expected that every time they'd come to the temple, they would see Perfecto right there at the gate. Then the Bible says that something happened. That this one day, now you've got to remember, just shortly before this, there's a revival taking place in Jerusalem. There's a revival taking place. There's an upper room experience. Peter preaches his very first message after coming back from a setback. He makes a comeback because of the filling of the, the, filling of the Holy Ghost, and he preaches, and 3,000 people get saved. I mean, families are, are getting saved by, the, by, by you know, just it's, 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 it's miracles are happening. People are getting healed. And so they're going, him and John are on the way, they're on the way into the temple to go worship. And on the way into the temple, you know, they're, they're about their business. They're about their father's business. But the Bible says they were about to go into the temple. And that's when he saw them and he asked them, hey, can I get some help? And the Bible says, fixing his eyes on him. In other words, Peter looked right at him. And he imagine he must have pierced into his, his eyes. And he said, listen, I don't got no money right now to give you. But what I do have, what I do have, and I've got it, he says, is that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Imagine the bold statement that he made. People must have heard it. Imagine what, what, what everybody thought, like rise up and walk. This guy has been lame since he was in his mother's womb. There is no way he's going to rise up. He's been there every day. He's a fixture here. There's just It's always going to be like that till he dies. But there's a miracle that happens. The Bible says he grabs him by the right hand and he jumps up and he begins to run around and give God glory. And, and, and it's all because the Bible says he gave them his attention. When was the last time you gave God your attention? I'm not talking about reading the scripture or that's a little prayer or coming to church. I'm talking about really gave him your attention when he was trying to speak to you. When he was trying to deal with you. When he was trying to work with you. When he was trying to maybe bless you. But you was trying to bless yourself. Come on, somebody. The Bible says he leaped up. He ran, he, he ran into some place he had never been before. Now, I, when, we read, when we read this story, when I pre, I have preached this story about this perfecto and this gate beautiful and, and so many different ways. Some of you have preached it so many different ways. You've probably heard it on radio so many different ways. But one area I've never really heard really pound on is that who carried perfecto? To the gate every day. Who was it that carried him? And why did they do it? 
was it a family member? Was it a was it a friend? Was it a, like the neighborhood friends? Maybe was it was it dad? I mean, I, I'd like to believe it was dad, but I also like to wonder, well, well, why would he be begging for alms if dad was there? I don't think dad was in the picture because it would be maybe the single mother because dad would be there. Dad, dad would be working and he wouldn't have to go beg for alms at the front. So I'm going to go ahead and just kind of, I, I can't prove it, but I'm going to go ahead and kind of eliminate dad from being there because I don't think dad was there. So there's a reason why he had to go shake the can for money there. But my question has been, is like, well, who was it? Who carried him? I guess the biggest question we have to ask ourselves is, who carried us? Who carried you? Because there's always somebody. You don't get you, get you don't get where you go on your own. See, we focus a lot on this man's miracle, on Perfecto's miracle, and wow, and how how the how the religious people. And if you read on later down, how they get rebuked and. And, and you, you, you see, we focus on him and his miracle, and we focus on how anointed and powerful John and Peter were and how Peter pierced his eyes and looked at him in the name of Jesus. And there was a revival and how he went into the temple. And we focus on that. That's good to focus on. But I want to focus tonight for a little while on who carried this lame man? Who brought this guy to the gate of the church every single morning? And then who came at the end of the evening and picked him up and took him back home? Hopefully with a full can of money. Have you ever wondered that? I wonder, is it a few people? Now, when he was smaller, I'm sure they just picked him up and carried him. Laid him there and said, you know what? You'll be safe right here. Just shake the can. Say alms. That's what you do all day. Come back, pick him up, pick him up, get the alms, take it back home, buy food, give it to mom, whatever. So it could have been an older brother. It could have been a cousin. It could have been mom, for all we know. We don't know who it was. It could have been a couple of of his sisters. But as he got older, now this man's a grown man. Probably weighs 100, 140 pounds, maybe 150, we don't know. But it's kind of hard for one person to carry. So now we've got to believe that there's got to be at least two people carrying this lame man every single morning, maybe right before they go to work, or maybe maybe they're part of the family, or maybe they just ran over there real quick and went back to work. We don't know. But somebody had to carry him. Like I said, somebody had to carry you. And you can't forget that. They had a willingness somehow. I know if it was mama and it was the two of the older brothers, they had to do it whether they liked it or not. It was their duty. Maybe they did that and then went off to go work for the household, for the family. We don't know. But I do know this, that somebody was willing to carry this lame man to this place every single day till one day. I said till one day. It would be the last time they carried him to the temple. 
They didn't know it was going to be that day. You don't ever know what's going to happen when somebody carries you to this temple. You just think, you know what, I'm just gotta, I gotta ride to church or I got here and I'm trying to make it and somebody carried me here. You don't know what day is going to be the last day they carry you to this place and you come up to this altar on an altar call and you get delivered from an addiction. You get set free from a lifestyle. You get your mind and your heart in the right place and from that that day forward, you're leaping and jumping, and you're a miracle. You don't know when that's going to be. We don't know those that we carry into the temple, if it's going to be the last time we have to carry them. But you've got to be willing to carry somebody. I think, what was their motivation after 20, 30? We don't know how old he was. Let's say for the sake, let's say for, for the... Maybe he was 35 or 40 years old. Maybe older. Can you imagine for 35 years carrying this guy to the gate temple every day? Maybe they had shifts. Maybe they had some different people help out. But somebody carried him to that. I'm sure mama couldn't carry him when he got older. And I'm sure she couldn't do it very long when he was just a teenager. But somebody had to carry. What was their motivation? Did they make that much money in the can for the family? Was it that much alms that was enough to really do well for the family and pay for food and rent and all the stuff and, and everything like that? I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I think it was just a supplemental part of their income. I think it was something to give this guy to do every day. But one thing, I'm sure they got tired. I'm sure that sometimes they got weary. I'm sure sometimes it wasn't easy to get up in the morning and say, Oh, I know. I'm going to go. There. Oh, hold on. I got to go take Perfecto to the temple. Think about it for just a moment. How long was the trip? Did they carry him on a cot or they, they put him over their back and went hold it? I don't know how they did it, but they took him every single day. It was something they had to do. See, we're all called to carry somebody. And my title tonight, my question to you tonight is the title. And then who are you carrying? Who has God called you to carry? What burdens has God called you to carry? What are you carrying? See, as believers, we should, we should be willing to carry those who can't carry themselves until the day that they begin to leap, until the day they get their miracle, until the day they finally get it together. Who are you called to carry? Like I said, like as a believer, we, we're called to carry people. We should be willing to carry those who can't get on their own. Willing to do that. Willing to do that because somebody was willing to carry you until you got it together. Until you got your miracle. Until you got right in the head or right in the heart. You, somebody was willing to carry you. Don't forget that somebody carried you. You, We're called to carry the lost. We're called to carry our families. We're called to carry our friends. Where? To the cross. To the temple. To the church. Where they can get atonement for their sins. Where they can get the same thing you got. Man, think about it. It was the last time anybody would have to carry him. Because from that day forward, he was jumping around. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I said, I've got a feeling. And they were just looking at him like, is it that perfecto? That guy never walked before. 
But I didn't even know he looked like that. That guy's not too bad looking, man. When you're down there low like that, I can't really see him. Look at him. All of a sudden, something happened. And, and if you don't carry nobody, they may never leap or jump. See, those who carried him must have been so excited. I think it was a dual excitement. Excited for him that he didn't have to have somebody wash him every day and clean him. He didn't have, he didn't have to have somebody pick him up. And, and let's, let's get real. I mean, there was a lot more when I say cleaning. I mean cleaning like a lot of different things. He never had to have that anymore. After that, he was on his own. My only hope and prayer doesn't say that he, ho- that he carried somebody else. Because when you've been carried, you ought to know how to carry. Let me say that again. When you've been carried for so long, you should know how to care and how to carry for somebody else. See, the outcome is the miracle. He was made whole. Because that's how God does it. Sometimes it takes a long time. Some of you might, it might be taking too long. You say, oh, it's taking too long. Well, you got to get together. See, remember, prior to this miracle, he was not allowed into the temple to worship. He had to worship from outside. Imagine if they stopped you at the front door and said, ah, Pat, you know, Devin, you guys, just let's stay outside. Well, why, man? Because you guys look lame. I, 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 but I don't feel lame. I, but, but you look like it. Just stay out here, and one of these days, we're going to let you in. One of these days, we're going to let you in. You're hearing the music in there. We worship you. And you're out there trying to say, hallelujah. They're saying, shh. You don't do that. Imagine that. Can you imagine if if that's the way things were? That's the way things were. We get to come in here and stand like a log. If we want. You know? We get to get up here and even sing and just sing. But when you're grateful and you've been lame and somebody's been carrying you all your life. First it was your mama carrying you. Then the school teacher and the school counselor had to carry you. Then the local police officers had to carry you. And then the jailer had to And everybody's been carrying you all of your life. And all of a sudden... You get set free, and now you just want a normal life. You just want a life. You don't want nobody bugging you or bothering you now. Listen, somebody carries you all your life. It's time for you to pick somebody up and start carrying them into the temple. When are you going to get it, man? When are you going to get that through your head? You were carried with a purpose. And God wants to use you to carry us for a purpose. It's time for breakthrough. There's some of you here need a breakthrough tonight. You can't, you can't go another Sunday, another Wednesday without a breakthrough. Listen, you need your breakthrough tonight. You need to leap tonight. You need to jump tonight. We may not have everything. We may not be the best of everything, but what we do have is we have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up, elevate, get up and walk and run, get your life in order, let you be blessed for a change instead of cursed, let you be free instead of addicted, let your marriage work instead of divorce, let your family be together instead of part. Come on, somebody, shout.
It's time to start carrying somebody. Instead of being carried, you've been carried too long. No more pain, no more addiction, no more broken relationships. So my question is, who are you carrying tonight? See, as believers, man, you've got to be willing. Now, when we stand behind somebody, when we stand next to somebody to hold them and carry them and bring them to the church and you take them to life group and you're there for them and they're calling, man, and, hey, I'm going through this today. Or let me pray with you and then let's meet at life group. Let's, lead, let's, meet at, uh, let's go ahead and meet at, at, at the church. Let's meet, let's meet at the, let's meet at the, uh, at the park. We're having an outreach at the park or wherever it's at. You're discipling, you're working with people. When that happens, man, that's good. You're living out the call of our heavenly father. He's called us to do that. Jesus says in Galatians chapter six, verse two in the NIV version, it says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Man, it's okay to carry somebody's burdens, man. See, we're called to love our neighbors and our, as ourselves. We're, we've got to serve others. And, and we, we, that's why Convoy of Hope so good. That's why Warm and Fuzzy in December is going to be awesome. We had to have the police give us toys last year. You're going to give the toys this year. They'll give some, but you've got to give them. Well, I've got to buy my toys for my kids. You sure do. You buy them right now. You should buy your toys for your kids right now. Because December, you're buying kids for the, for those who, for the, for the perfectos. That we can't, we gotta carry them just for a while. Just for a while. Then they're gonna go to high school. Then they're gonna go to college. And they're gonna say, I remember when I was a little boy. I remember they brought me a bike and they bought me a little game thing. And we were poor. We didn't have no socks, but they gave me socks. We were cold and they gave us hot chocolate. They gave us a Christmas tree and the police were with them and everybody came together. And oh man, I remember that. And so now that I'm a CEO, I'm gonna make sure that every kid gets carried like I was. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Carry your burdens. I mean, what, what, we got to serve others, man. we we got to serve others. we got to carry their burdens, man, just for a while. It might be 35 years, it might be two years, it might be three months, but whatever it is, it might be one year in the home. You guys, they graduate the home. Girls, that graduate the home. We're carrying you. Everybody's carrying you. Your directors are carrying you. Your staff's carrying you. The church is carrying you. And when you get out, it's your turn. I said it's your turn. It's not your turn to go and say, oh, now I'm going to go get me a phone, get myself on Facebook, get myself on Instagram, get on Twitter, get on TikTok. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do all that stuff now. And you know what? I don't want nobody bugging me. I'm going I'm to have a private number, and I'm only going to follow who I want to follow on Facebook. No, it's your turn. To start carrying somebody. Come on, somebody. Shout. Ooh, I can feel the Holy Ghost in this place. You see, we must serve. So what does it look like? Because we can't always take away people's suffering. We've tried. It doesn't work. We can't, we can't do anything. We can't always pray away everybody's suffering. Some people die. Some people are sick. We can't always do that. But what we can be is we can be a caring support. We can care. Or we can carry them in support. Just helping them out. That might be all we can do. You see, God called Moses to raise his staff into the air for the entirety of a, of a battle. And that battle to, to secure, to, 
to secure and ensure that the, the Israel would have victory. Oh, my God, he was there. There he was. As long as that thing was up in the air, boy, man, his arms were up in the air. There was victory. Huh? Uh, think about it. When Moses' hands grew tired and they started to go down, they began to lose the battle. So what would happen is that his leaders, the guys that got appointed to help carry the leader sometimes. Because you see what happens is the leader usually carries everybody, but sometimes the leader needs them to pick up some arms a little bit. Moses, they, Moses needed somebody to come alongside of him and pick up his arms. Aaron and her and his different, different, different leaders that were there in that area had to come and say, come on, Moses, you can do it, man, come on. Can you imagine holding that stuff in the air for the whole day, the entire day? Again, I ask you, who are you carrying? Your muscles would begin to quiver after a little while. Your fingers would grow numb. But the moment your arms lowered, then you'd see the loss of life. You'd see the losing of everything. And at that moment, you'd have to, with everything in you, try to do it. And somebody would have to come along and carry your arms up. That's what Moses experienced. His friends came alongside him and supported him as he followed God's call. We, all of us as leaders, a bunch of leaders in this church, and I know we, 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 we look like real strong leaders, all that, but there's some times when our arms have been up all day and we just need somebody to come along and pick up, a, get, up get up underneath an elbow and say, hold on, I got you for this minute. I see right there what's going on. I got you for a minute. No, I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. I just, here, let me hold you up for a little bit for a minute. Who you carry. In doing so, Israel experience victory because it wasn't just a one-man show another great example if you want to come to the keyboard is when jesus performed an amazing miracle when he when he when he raised lazarus from the dead can you imagine what lazarus must have thought as he walked out of the tomb where he had been for four days man smelled horrible i mean by that time he could smell himself it wasn't that everybody else could smell he could smell himself the grave clothes were dirty. They were wrapped around his face. He came out like, what's going on over here? What's, what is going on? I was asleep, and now what is going on? Everybody's looking at me. He goes, why are you looking at me like that? Everybody's, and he's, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, dude, why are you looking at me like that? What is wrong with you? What, 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 I got a bad haircut, or what's, what's going on? He doesn't know what's happening. He died. John 11, the Bible 43, the Bible says he commands the, the he, he commands the loved ones of Lazarus to take off his grave clothes. That was carrying him. He said, Go get them stinky. I don't know if you've been around a dead body before, but it, it don't smell good. And four days, go take off his grave clothes. See, Jesus worked the miracle. But he left it up to his friends and his family to unwrap the dirty clothes. And Jesus will do the miracle in you. But we need somebody to help carry people for a little while to unwrap some grave clothes and dirty stuff. And we just need that. Now, we, we can't do it alone sometimes. We're called to hold up the arms of our friends and to unravel the grave clothes of those who have been dead in their sins and see them as we carry them to the temple, see them leap and jump. There is no greater feeling all the earth for me as a minister, as a pastor, as a Christian, as a, as a, as a dad, as a grandpa, as a, as a husband, to, than to see a family member, to see a friend, to see somebody get saved.
and then get set, then get set free. A lot of people come to these altars and give their life to Jesus, but not everybody gets set free. Some people go right back to the temple and go lay themselves down. Somebody carried you here, got the miracle, and then you got, you're so used to laying at that gate that you make your way right back to that gate because it's a place of comfort. Point them to the deliverer. Point them to the one who will set them free. Because you can't do nothing. All you can do is carry them. See, we carry another's burdens when we humbly come alongside them and support them wherever they are in their walk with God. In the next six months, Sister Barbara and I are going to begin to keep our eyes out for some of you, some of the people in our church that we're going to need to send Pastor Pat and Shell. We're watching. We're keeping. Say, who can I send to go help their arms up for a little while while they're fighting the, the devil over there in Roswell? And that's when you have to make a decision. That I've been carried all my life. Hell, let me go carry somebody for a little while. People have been carrying me all my life. Let me buy some toys now that I got some money in my pocket for those kids that can't carry themselves. I'll carry them, Pastor. I'll help. I'll help. I'll do it. Think of those who are suffering in your family. Think of those who are suffering in your job place, at your workplace, in your neighborhood, in the community. Oh, my goodness. How, can, how in the world can we figure out how to start carrying them? How can we get a hold of them and say, listen, let me carry you to the temple. And you're not going to beg alms. I'm taking you right in because at our church, we don't leave people out of the front. We bring them into the front. Come on, somebody. We don't kick them outside. We bring them inside. Huh? How can you help? How can you help unravel the dirty grave clothes of some broken people this year? Let's close out 2019 as carriers of hope instead of just carrying ourselves. Come on, somebody. Carry each other's burdens. If you see somebody hurting, go to them and say, are you okay? Can I pray with you? Can I come over? You want to come over to my house? Let's have dinner. Let's just talk about it. Let's get a hold of God together. Let's pray together. Call me in the morning on the way to work and I'll pray with you. But let's carry each other. Let's go. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't be a lone ranger. Man, somebody carries you. You carry somebody. My question is, who are you carrying tonight? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for me all over this place. Nobody looking around, please. Just bow your heads, please. I want you to close your eyes because I really want you to think about this question. Who are you carrying? Now, you might, in your mind, you might be saying, Pastor, I absolutely need to be carried right now. I'm, I'm not, I'm not able to carry anybody. I need to carry I need to be carried. But if you are, if you've been carried all your life, it's time for a breakthrough. May the Lord carry you to this altar tonight and give you the breakthrough that Perfecto had. That once and for all, that you wouldn't have to be carried anymore. That you can rise up, you can elevate and stand up from that place of adversity, that place of defeat that you've been in so long. And let God heal you. Let God minister to you. There's been a lot of people carried into this place.
It's time for them to be, to, for it to be the last time that somebody has to carry them. That they can start going out and voluntarily carrying somebody else into this temple. Where there'll be no more hurt, no more pain. Who are you carrying? As a believer, you should be willing. As one who's been carried a lot in your life, you should be willing to carry those who can't get their breakthrough on their own. They can't get to this church on their own. Who are you carrying? Don't forget that somebody carried you. Carried you all your life. Now it's time for you to carry somebody. And, it, and we don't know how long that's going to be. I'm going to call an altar call for tonight. And my altar call is a serious altar call. If you're still needing to be carried, that's okay. There was a time when I needed to be carried, man. I, I had to be carried. And there was people that carried me. But there came a day where I had to start carrying people. If you're in the position tonight, you're in the status of just needing to be carried, that's okay. That's not a, that's not a real bad place to be if you're here tonight. If you're out someplace else and not in church, and that, that's a tough place to be because where are you carried to? But if you need to be carried, let's, let's pray tonight that tonight would be the last night of you having to be carried and you can start caring for people. That's the first point I want to make of the altar call. Second person I want to speak to tonight. So I'm going to speak to those of you that you've been carried. You know what it is to be carried every day by somebody. And in your mind, in your heart, you're the, deep, the deepness of the conviction of carrying others, either you've lost it or possibly you've never had it. But whatever it is, you need to get back to carrying people, carrying their burdens, carrying them to the gates. Beautiful. You need to start looking for perfectos and Mrs. Perfectas. You need to start finding those people that need to be carried and you need to start bringing them to the temple, but not leaving them outside. You bring them inside with you. And lastly, I want, to pray, I want to pray for those tonight that maybe you came to this house and you don't know the Lord, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You might be in the home and you've been in there for a while, but you've never surrendered your life. Or maybe you've been coming to church for a few weeks, few months, and you've never surrendered your heart over to Christ. But tonight is the night that God wants to set you free and give you hope. I want everybody to stand up tonight. Everybody to stand up. And I'm going to ask them to sing this song. And as they sing this song, I want you, if God has spoken to your life tonight, I want you to come and I want you to find a place at this altar. And I want you to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I've been carried all my life, oh God. I'm ready to start carrying somebody else, Father. It's, it's due time. It's, it's due time, oh God, that my heart is full because you have filled me. You have healed me. And I want to have a burden, God, to carry those, oh God, who can't carry themselves. I want to be that man. I want to be that woman. I want to be that warrior. I want to be that agent of hope to my city. I want to be that agent of hope to my church. Oh.